0: The following program is a production of All The Way Live Entertainment. This show is sponsored by APCW Wrestling Academy. Learn wrestling from WWE Hall of Famer, Robert Gibson. If you're interested in becoming a professional wrestler, contact them at 770-871-5417 or online at apcwdouglasville at gmail.com. Also, buy Collar and Elbow Brand. Save 10% on your next purchase by using our discount code Russell. That's Russell at checkout and get a discount on great Collar and Elbow products. World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship. Today on the podcast, we moved up yet another, uh, I'm hesitant to say up and comer, but for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to say it anyway. Up and comer, pro wrestler, making her name on the independent circuit, primarily in the Southeast. Uh, she's a talent that has been here for a while for me. Uh, I think I came across her maybe two years ago. Uh, but I expect to see her branch out and move it move on as the time proceeds. Uh, I've seen a couple of incarnations of her thus far, but we're going to address those as we go into the interview today and decipher just who she is. So today on the show, we have perhaps the former Queen of Chaos, <laughs> but in any case, it'll be Sarah Dox. Sarah, or Sarah Dox, how are yeah. you? Doing all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, okay. You know, that uh, just for the sake of uh, the lower thirds that I've done, because again, I want to say this is probably only the third time that I've actually physically had you on camera on my channel. I've always listed it as Saradox one word. Uh, is, am I missing something? Is that the appropriate spelling? That, just so we can uh, lay that down on the line immediately.
2: Yes, saradox, one word, as in paradox with an S. Uh,
0: now, is that where we got this from? Are you it a is,
2: paradox? It is. Yeah, I love anything fun-related, and saradox uh, just seemed really fitting. It, it was who I am.
0: It, it seemed fitting. Okay, now, is there some general reason why you feel like it, it seemed fitting? Are, are you a, a contradiction of, of what you do and say or function in the ring or... Well, what's the deal, then?
2: I think I'm just a very contradictory person. Uh, But when I was a kid, I can remember the first, like, time the concept was ever introduced of a paradox, that it was like if you put buttered toast on a cat's back and you flipped it, which side would it land on? Because buttered toast always lands buttered side down, and a cat always lands on its feet. And that just really... baffled me for many years so I hope that I keep people that confused
0: <laughs> that is not a paradox I've heard before, before. That's, that's different I thought you was gonna give me a, a, a commonplace paradox like the, uh, uh, everything I say is a lie no no or <laughs>
2: like a, a living ghost no I yeah. don't nothing that not simple
0: Oh, well, I don't know. Is it simple? I mean, that that's kind of a. It's more than a paradise. That's like a circular conundrum. Yeah. You know, you, you'll you never figure that out. You know, if it's alive, how could it be a ghost? But if it's a ghost, you know, so on and so forth, it just kind of keeps transitioning around. Or well, everything I say is a lie, but if everything you say is a lie, then this must be the truth, but blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. And
2: that's kind of the beauty of of the name was I, I always hope to keep people that confused and to be that unusual
0: uh, okay so is that the objective for you to keep people guessing and uh yeah oh okay all right So now we're getting somewhere I, I got you so perhaps that will come into play as we uh, continue on before I go any further I do, I do want to address to the listening audience out there if you're listening to this right now thank you for catching the rights and wrongs of Pro Podcast. Of course, I didn't introduce myself yet. This is Mr. Green, and you can listen to this podcast where all greater podcasts are found. The biggest, of course, iTunes, Google Play, uh, TuneIn Radio, uh, a bunch of others. I'll probably get into it a little bit later. And, of course, I do want to address the 24-7 live stream on WPNWrestling.com. Uh, that will be branching off, and if you want to see sarah Docs, at least on our channel that will be one location you could do it if you're not looking for it on our youtube channel already so you can just uh go through one of those but the live stream is 24 hours a day seven days a week nothing but women's wrestling and interviews and so on and so forth so that is for those of you that like that kind of thing then that's the kind of thing that those of you like all right so now back to the questions sarah where are you from originally I was
2: born in Baltimore, Maryland. Really? Uh, my mom was very young. Yeah, yeah. my mom was very young when she had me, so we moved all over Hartford County and Baltimore County, Maryland, and then when I was 15, I moved to East Tennessee.
0: Okay, and I'm assuming that is where you have been since then. Yeah. Various
2: parts of East Tennessee, but mm.
0: yeah. No desire to go back up north?
2: Uh, I thought about it before. Uh, it's always hard to go back home because things have changed. My whole family lives there, so I visit. I'm in Maryland probably three to four times a year,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: but, but n- never permanently. No.
0: Okay, no. So the, the the desire to be up there just isn't isn't there any longer. I mean, I, I guess in a long term sense.
2: Yeah, in a long term sense, you know, you can never be six again. So like.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I haven't it figured out, out Yeah, I got you. I I understand. Okay, well, uh, I wasn't really expecting that. I don't I don't I don't know why. <laughs> I just assumed that you were Tennessee born, but <laughs>
1: no.
0: Okay, well, but, but you you've been there long enough now to, to to claim it. I I would say at this point.
2: Oh, definitely. Okay. I- I've spent 14 years here. You know,
0: it's the the, the uh, formative stages of your life. Let's say, yeah. Okay. Uh, the of course, not the big question, but the obvious question here is why wrestling? Uh, why, why on earth did you get involved in that?
2: Um, I've always loved wrestling. Like since I was itty itty bitty. And I always tell people that I kind of got I, – I wasn't one of those people that was born with, like, a singular mind. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I chased a lot of different dreams, and wrestling was the only one that ever fit.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. So, so now let, let's go with this dream chase thing for When you were dream chasing, was wrestling just one of many, and it just kind of survived the cut? Or were you just kind of one after the other, oh, I'm going to try ice skating, I'm going to try tennis, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that, and then you came across wrestling and it was like, oh, okay, this is the one. Well, believe it or not, I
2: wasn't always a very self-confident person. <laughs> so, for me, the idea that I could stand in front of a room full of people and, like, be any kind of performer was just not an option until one day I just woke up and I decided that it wasn't going to wait around forever mm. for me to be brave enough. And I just had to be brave and do it.
0: So you just, the switch just flipped in your head. Nobody talked you into it. No, no inspiration that day. You didn't happen to catch uh inspiring documentary or with somebody who had a, a kick-ass speech and, and he's like, ah, oh, I got to do it. it. Just one day you woke up, like, you know what? I got to get this thing going.
2: Well, at the time, okay. So at the time, I was a competitive card gamer. Okay. And I was and in a gonna tournament. We're
0: going to talk about that, too. <laughs> go ahead.
2: Yeah. I was in a tournament and I was doing very well. Mm-hmm. And someone I looked up to who was also a competitive gamer uh, beat me. And I was like, I I'd I've, I've been trying to beat this, this guy for years and I just kept losing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to be good enough to like truly win at this game. And he was like, well, you have to be willing to give up everything else. And he was like, you just posted pictures from like two or three days ago where you were at, uh, I was at an indie show watching. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you could have been gaming then. You could have been practicing and getting better. And I was like, I don't want to have to give up things that I love, like wrestling. Mm -hmm. And he was like, then this isn't for you. He was like, you got to find something that is, though. And I realized that the concept of giving up watching a show meant that much to me, Mm -hmm. that I had to try it.
0: Okay. So that conversation, we'll say gave you the catalyst for well I don't want to give it up and rather than to do that I should be a part of it.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. So so this, so this was a big turning point for you.
2: It was. It was a very big turning point for me.
0: Is he even aware of that that his conversation struck this
2: since then, because, you know, we maintained, like, a a casual friendship. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that – I don't think when you meet your heroes or when you meet people that you aspire to be, Mm -hmm. they don't ever realize how important they are to you.
0: Does that make sense? Fair point. Good point. But, I mean, uh, I I also can't say that his advice was necessarily incorrect in in some regard. I mean, uh, because clearly – the effort for him to be, I guess, in his view, the number one in in uh, his lane meant dedication and everything else is secondary. Yeah. But you were unwilling to do that, at least for that. Yeah. For
2: for professional card gaming, I was definitely I wasn't willing to give up everything.
0: Okay. Now, let's address wrestling. Because that has been a strong point of your life for some time now. Uh, And, you know, there's different gears and levels of, you know, wrestler wrestling that that has been going on, uh, as I'm sure you know. Several of which that we are both aware of, you know, some are just perfectly fine and happy with. I just enjoy going out here and doing this and the thrill of the crowd and stuff like that. Don't really have any aspirations to go much further than that. Uh, where would you slot yourself? Is this wrestling is everything and everything else a secondary, or are you just uh, I'm enjoying this moment?
2: Uh, I think I'm somewhere in between. Okay. Because wrestling can't be everything.
0: Okay. So um, it can't be all consuming.
2: But it can't. Nothing should be all consuming in your life. Mm. But I have to be enjoying myself. Okay. Because if I'm yeah. not, am I really doing myself any
0: service? Okay, so it is not an all consuming thing. I, I mean, I'm aware that there's a life for you beyond the ring and that, that's good. So clearly that that life is not going be take a back seat to you getting in and out of the ring uh, which is considering the matches that I have uh, the photos and the matches that you've had, that's probably a good thing. So yeah we, we'll uh, we'll address some of those as we go forward. Uh, where did you train?
2: I trained at NWA Smoky Mountain.
0: Okay, NWA Smoky Mountain. Are they still active?
2: Um, no, they are not active currently. They have changed names. Their uh, the promoter now runs under Innovate Wrestling.
0: Okay, because I, now I I only asked that because I know the NWA as a I can't really say a promotion, but as a brand has recently gone through a lot of uh, internal changes, and I don't know how many. Partners they've kept throughout that change. So, yeah,
2: I haven't wrestled for them since they were Smoky Mountain.
0: Okay, but but on the outside looking in, you you are very aware that the, that the promoters just changed the name, you know. Yeah. Anything. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right, I got you. Uh, but and clearly, you were a fan of the business, otherwise, you wouldn't have uh, had that switch go off. And I gotta go do this. And, and you've overcome the hurdle of not being able to function in front of a crowd. Clearly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was hard. I won't act like it wasn't.
0: It was. It, it was tough for me at first. Did Did you know what you wanted? Well, let me let me rephrase that. Did you know as a wrestler what you wanted, or did it take you no. a little while to find it? Okay, so, so it took me a
2: long time to find it. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, all right. Well, here we go. Let's let's take a walk down the path. What? Give me paint the picture for me. Okay, you're in training. You're preparing for match one, and you're you're having to come up with who you are in the ring. So take it from there. Walk me through the transition of how you got to Sarah Dox.
2: Okay. So. I started training uh, in 2013, and I trained for 11 months, like three days a week. Wrestling did not come easy to me. It was hard work. And I had a trainer who was very serious and very competitive and pushed me really hard. And I was... He he got a big, like, push. He got moved. He was doing all kinds of stuff, and he couldn't continue to do what we were doing. Mm-hmm. So they were like, well, while you're finishing training with the other guys at Smoky Mountain, okay. we want you to be a valet. Okay. And I was like, okay, I can be a valet. And they were like, but here's the thing. Uh, we think this crowd is is going to hate you. So be just the shittiest version of you you can be and I was like oh well that's not hard I, I can be shitty like <laughs> okay so I got with a faction called chaos okay and very quickly turned East Tennessee against me hmm. and then a couple of months later I had the opportunity to have my first match but it was not at Smoky Mountain. It was on the road in another town in Tennessee and they were like you have to be cute and bubblegum and everything good in the world and I was like <laughs> Oh I I don't know how to do that. I had never thought of myself as the good guy. Really? So I wasn't yeah, no, I was not I was not prepared to be the good guy. I wore gear that didn't fit I was super anxious about being the good guy. I didn't even pick my own music for my first match. I slipped out of the curtain because there was a hardcore match before mine, and they had mopped up blood, but they didn't dry it. So I like slid and almost did a split. And then I got super anxious and almost had a panic attack in the ring. It was not good. It was (laughs) rough.
0: Uh, I'm gonna assume, for your sake, that that match is just lost in time and not not available for anybody to be looking at.
2: Oh, we can only hope.
0: <laughs> well, well, okay, let's backtrack here. What, what what year was that? What was the debut year? Uh,
2: December. It was. I can't remember the date exactly, but it was in December of 2014.
0: Okay, 2014. I guess in theory it could be because yeah, the people would still have you know the phones. If you'd have back a little further, I might have I might have doubted it. But yeah, you you came out in the era of cell phones having uh, <laughs> everybody having a camera on their hip. But I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that that doesn't exist. So you were placed by the promoter into, we'll say, the bubblegum roll. Yeah, which clearly did not work out. No. So, well, first off, why did he even decide to do that? Did did he talk to uh, you about it, or just like, hey, you look cute, be be, you know, our good girl? You know, I'm not sure.
2: I'm not sure, honestly. Maybe they were just looking for a good girl, like someone who could be. Because yeah. for the first, for an extended period of the beginning of my career. I traveled with the same group of people everywhere, and there were only one or two shows ever, probably in the first three years of my career, that I was a face. Only one or two.
1: Okay. Everything
2: else was, Sarah is scary, Sarah is mean, let her be scary
0: and mean. All right. (laughs) But in this particular instance, he saw you differently. Yes. Or, or, or at least wanted. I don't know. Let, let's not say saw. He he probably had a idea in mind, and anybody will do. He can come in and do it.
2: Yeah, I, that's probably more of what it was. Is um, my opponent was much more established than me, and they needed someone to be just the antithesis of her.
0: <laughs> okay, so so you were basically just a meat they the walk into the ring and I don't want to say take the beating but be be on the opposite end of her yeah they, they needed an opponent to be generated and you were the one all right I got you yeah. so that that's phase one where, where do we go from here you, you, you leave you you, you, you tried the, the, the well not tried you were given the bubblegum good girl cutesy gimmick how do we begin to evolve?
2: Um, the next time they were like, the next time I went to a show and they were like, Hey, we want you to be a good guy. I was like, all right, but I I can't do bubblegum good guy. And they were like, that's fine. I just, I portrayed much more of myself. Mm -hmm. I was kind of just punk rock and rowdy and real excitable and goofy and people liked it. And then... A lot of shows I traveled to after that. There were, you know, established names around that I wasn't, and it was hard for me to stand out unless I was being cool or just a very loud, shitty person.
0: <laughs>
2: so it was easier for me to be loud and shitty than to go unnoticed.
0: Okay. Well, fair enough. And it got you. It got you what you needed to. B, you you start to understand what worked for you. So, now, were you always working under the name Saradoxes? Has that always been the name, or did you transition from one name to the next to the next, and then come across this?
2: No, Dox has always been the name. It started with me. Um, lots of people have picked on it, and it's always going to be my name.
0: Okay. So... That, that has always been a name. The incarnation of what Sarah Dox was has, has been different, but the name has always been the same.
2: Yes. Okay.
0: Got it. I think,
2: like everything else in life, who we are changes, you know? So to me, my name will always be my name, but what Sarah is doing at the time or how she's acting is all based on how I've changed or grown, you know?
0: Yeah. Okay. And uh, fortunately, I think you're probably a lot less likely to have somebody produce the same name, or, you know, knock on wood. So. Wood, yeah, I've wood.
2: never run into another Saradox.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I didn't think I would run into another Roxy until recently, so. <laughs> You know, for, I guess the only fortunate thing here is that, that that particular Roxy does not stay in the area, so it's, there's no confusion in that regard.
2: Yeah, that, I think that happens with a lot of, like, common names. Like, I, I was really worried because I was originally just going to use Sarah. Oh, yeah. You,
1: and you then I realized,
2: like, yeah, there's like a 8 billion Sarahs on the planet Earth, so yeah. like <laughs> it had to be just a little different.
0: Well, I, I guess I and and the other fans that's out there appreciate that you decided to pick something that would let you stand out a bit and w- without having to worry about, uh, <laughs> I guess, being one of the eight billion Sarahs that's out there. Yeah. Okay. So we get to final, well, I'm not going to say final incarnation of Sarah because because you, you probably are still evolving as we speak. But we get to the most recent incarnation of Saradox. You figure out who you are and what you want to be and how you want to present uh, yourself in the ring. Um, You also, despite the fact slipping going into the... because of the blood, which is, you know, a little disgusting. But despite that, going into the ring, you have uh, grown into... Being able to take the bumps, dealing with the crowd, the uh, the, the, the pain, blues, and agony, if you will, that that, that come with uh, with wrestling. Did you get everything that you expected from it? Because you know it's a different thing to uh, perform it, see it on TV, uh, go to a show, and be like, man, there's two people out there, or you know, whatever, whatever the case be. Did you get? Did you walk into this like? okay this is everything i expect or did you have any sort of shock any sort of revelation like oh okay this is how i was on this side of the fence
2: oh i think wrestling was a big shock to me at first but my expectations are a little weird um i didn't expect when i came into wrestling that it would be so very territorial and aggressive I didn't honestly, and I know that sounds weird coming into a contact sport, but I assumed that everyone had the same goals at the end of the day. Okay. And that was to be the best them they could be. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I think I, in the beginning, it was hard for me to understand other people's motives and understand what people wanted and what I was supposed to do and everything for the first two years was always, I was always questioning everything. Cause that's just who I am, I question everything. But now, uh, I always said the reason I got into wrestling was because I never wanted my kids to think that they couldn't, like in part why I got into wrestling was I never wanted my kids to think that they couldn't do something they wanted to do. And my biggest expectation was that I made them proud and even though they very seldom are on my side because my children are traitors. <laughs>
1: <What>? uh,
2: <laughs> um, they're, oh, they're not
1: traitors.
2: <laughs> oh, they're traitors. Um, yeah, they're mom. They're, they're, they're supposed to boo you. <laughs> <laughs> Only, well, the littlest one doesn't. She's my biggest fan. Okay. Um, my son could not think anything outside of I am like the least cool wrestler in the room at all times. <laughs> and my middle daughter's always telling me how she could have done it better.
0: Really? <laughs> oh. oh, yeah.
2: She's, she's <laughs> probably right. She's a really great athlete. But <laughs>
0: she, she, she's a, a critic. Or
2: yeah. Oh, always hypercritical. Oh, okay. Um, but, they all love coming to shows and they all want to see all of it. And there was a point in time where I took a couple of months off of wrestling Mm -hmm. and they were the people who were like, but you love it. Why would you stop doing it? Well, that's cool. So my expectations have been met.
0: Okay. See, now I I will say, I know for those people that's listening out there, unless you're a parent, you're probably not going to really fully get that. But, but, I mean, I, I understand, okay, you know, that, that's parental motivation. Yeah. In, in some regard or another, you you, you have uh, become the example. Yeah. If I can get out and get into the ring and do this, certainly you can go out the way you want.
2: Yep, that was all I ever hoped. And I'm, I'm happy to say that it seems to have pushed them into being more –
0: trying more things. So. Well, that's That's awesome, man. That's great. Uh, I want to rewind a little bit of what you said there because I, I think that there may be some people listening that don't necessarily understand your statement fully, at least, about wrestling being aggressive and territorial. Can, can you elaborate uh, on that? I mean, I, now, you ain't got to throw nobody under the bus, but can you elaborate on it?
2: Well, I... I said this statement to people I've seen training since I started training to promoters. So this statement has always really stuck with me. I was probably training for about 6 months and at the time there was nowhere to train so I was traveling really far to train and I was I was killing myself to, you know, make these sessions and train for as long as I could. And to do whatever I was being told, because like I said, wrestling didn't come easy to me. I was a slow learner. And uh, at one point in time, I had made, like, friends in the locker room. And my trainer said to me, this business isn't about making friends. None of these people are your real friends. You're here to make money. And at the end of the day, if you aren't making money and you aren't doing your best and getting better then you don't have a reason to be here. And it struck a chord with me because I never got into wrestling for it to be like the end-all, be-all money situation or for it to be about being famous. It was just something I loved, something that I had always enjoyed. Um, and, and I wanted, like I said, to be inspirational to my kids. So everything he said was like very oppositional of who I was because I've always been a little bit punk rock and a little bit rowdy Mm -hmm. and I didn't like the idea that wrestling was like this system that was made to put the best on the top and shit on the rest and I you know I wanted to break that wheel or not be part of it while it was turning so it was hard for me to accept that that was what wrestling was.
0: Have you accepted it?
2: I don't actually think that's what wrestling is. I think that that can be what wrestling is. If that's what you make wrestling. Okay. Wrestling is like so many other experiences in your life. It is exactly what you make of it. I've met so many people in the last couple of years that see wrestling much more like I do. In particular, a lot of female wrestlers who are moms and want to be inspiration for their kids or their friend's kids who don't want to be second to, you know, their male counterparts or who loved wrestling as children and wanted to make a, a way for women in the future. It doesn't have to be about money and status. It can be about paving a pathway.
0: Okay. Have you personally... Witness this aggression or uh, territorial behavior, as you call it, is that something that you've, uh, I'm hesitant to say dealt with, because I, you know, I, I don't want to imply that you had to be run through the ringer with anybody, but but for lack of a better term, have have you seen that up close, personal, anybody that's like, a, you know, do it my way or whatever the case may be?
2: You know, I've, I have, but it was much less with wrestlers. Like most of, I, most of the people I've wrestled weren't that way. Okay. A lot of the promoters, uh, not a lot. That's, that's a broad statement. A few of the promoters that I've worked for were very much so that way.
0: Really?
2: Yeah. I find that the people who, are spending the money are the people who are much more concerned about the money and the product. And I understand that Mm -hmm. because they want to make their money back and it's a show and it is a business at the end of the day.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And it's hard to be an idealist in a, in a business world.
0: It is. I mean, uh, that, that is a very accurate way to put it. I mean, if they're putting the money up, I, I can't, argue or knock the person that says, hey, I, I need or want you to do this to get the money back. Uh, I guess, however, on the outside looking at it, I think I've come across more the scenario of how can I I'm, I'm trying to put the, okay, folks, if Mr. Green knows he's trying to say I'm just trying to find the right words to say it. Uh, <laughs> the scenario oh. of the wrestler who enjoys their position and anybody else that walks into this your your job is just to shine me and that's not going to change
2: um i've seen that i've seen it a lot um and i don't want to stereotype all male wrestlers but i see it a lot more in male wrestlers a lot. I actually had a discussion recently with a group of women in a locker room, and there were only two of us booked, or well, there were three of us booked on a show, but there were six or seven women in the locker room, and we were talking. and we actually like i I said to someone that that kind of like aggression, that you know you have to be the top rung on the ladder mentality it keeps other female wrestlers down and in general men in locker rooms outnumber women 10 to 1
0: yes in general. it's harder
2: for us so i can't stand the idea of putting another woman down if it means that i feel like i'm dragging myself down with her okay does that make sense yeah
0: now, I, I, but I, I would assume that let's let's say that you walk into that locker room at, at that point you I don't want to say you don't have a choice because you always have a choice you can always like look I'm not gonna do that or whatever the case may be. Uh, again, I'm you know trying to trying to I don't want to step on any particular person. So I'm trying to choose my my words carefully here. Um, yeah. Not not being dragged down into it, so or or working in the muck, so to speak. I've seen sometimes that you almost have no alternative but to get dirty and work in the muck. Now, have you been able to avoid that for the, for the most part? Is that what you're saying? Like when you when these scenarios pop up in front of your face, you have found a way to get around it.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty optimistic person.
0: You sound and
2: good. yeah, for me, if if you're gonna drag me into the muck, I you know I hate to say it this way, but I grew up for white trash. I'll play in the mud all day, like <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But just know, at the end of it, I'm gonna be happy no matter what.
0: Okay. Uh, that That is a very optimistic outlook. Now, I, I will say that, arguably speaking, you've probably been in the ring with, with at least one person that I know. So several talents have had some, some level of issue with. I guess that's not a here nor there at this point. But <laughs> that's, I, that particular scenario that I that I was speaking of had been talked about at, uh, somewhat ad nauseum uh, uh, in this particular Instance, that I'll probably get into with you know off air or whatever the case would be if you if you're wanting to know who I'm talking about. But anyway, (laughs) sorry fans, there's there's certain things that you know I'm not going to throw certain people under the bus or you know just roll them over like that. But I I will say, (laughs) yeah, I know it's unfair. I know you tune in for a podcast for all the information. I got I got to retract some stuff. Uh, I will share this with you fans if you want to see the first appearance of Saradox on our channel. That would be from back in 2015, episode 11. So, wow, that is out because we're up to episode 71 now. So, look at that. That's that's way back there. Um, yes. Yeah. And I believe the the uh, opponent at the time was one Jesse Bell Smothers. Yes. So how about that? That that is a uh, arguably your most consistent opponent.
2: Yeah, Jesse and I wrestled in a handful of states under a couple. I want to say, I want to say we wrestled. We we've wrestled, we've wrestled a lot for dozens of promotions
1: mm-hmm.
2: over the course of probably two and a half, three years.
0: Were y'all selling the match or were you selling yourselves individually and just say, hey, I, I know somebody that can, I can work.
2: Um, I, I owe a, a huge debt of gratitude to Jesse. Okay. Um, and I tell everyone that when I stopped training, My And because, like I said, my trainer got a big push and was traveling and was pretty much gone. They were like, hey, we'll make you a valet. Well, everyone else that was around Smoky Mountain at the time did a lot of traveling. So there weren't many people to train me. And it just so happened that she had been at one or two Smoky Mountain shows where she had seen me training. And she saw one of my last training sessions. And she contacted me and said, are you still training? And I said, uh, I'm being a valet now. And I was like, they never gave me like the go ahead. They said that they're going to give me my first match here in a month or two. And I haven't had one yet. And she was like, do you want your first match? So Jesse for an extended period of time took me under her wing and it if it was ever just her selling the package of "Hey, I have another girl that I can work," she never let me down.
0: Okay. Well, bravo, she was Always Jessie great Bell. to me.
2: Yeah, she was always great to me, and I I owe her the world. So.
0: Well, that's a cool deal. Again, bravo to you, uh, Jesse Bell, for being good people. Although, Jesse still owe me a shirt. I haven't forgotten that. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. I'm sorry. I have to take that jab. Okay. So, Jesse, I'm going to assume was probably the reason that you came down and uh, uh, worked Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. And I guess that would make sense since on the second match that I saw you in now this one uh, I, I want to say it to those that's out there this match that the second one that I'm talking about is unreleased at least in a uh, singular sense it is it was a triple threat match uh, for the now defunct universal independent uh, was UW yeah, universal independent wrestling uh, for the women's championship Jesse Bell. Yourself, Sarah Knox, Pandora, uh, three of you working together in that match to determine who would win the vacated, the the then vacated title. So, uh, so now that you bring it up, that uh, you know Jesse was kind of helping you out there. I guess that makes sense. Like, oh, originally I thought it was just coincidence. Like, oh, they're working again, but now let's.
2: No, so we feuded for uh, titles. Uh, we feuded for, I want to say a year at RWA after Mickey Knuckles had to vacate the title in, um, Pennsylvania. we feuded in Lenoir City. We feuded, uh, we wrestled in Georgia together. I mean, we, we went all over the place. Okay. So I, I, I remember that match yet. She, like I said, I didn't stand a chance, and I don't. Uh, uh, I don't want to speak super poorly. I, I'm probably, I probably sound like an asshole. I'm probably sounding <laughs> really
0: shitty,
2: towards my trainer, but okay. I was left very high and dry.
0: Okay, well, you, well, you didn't say was, a name, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, not, <laughs> not directly burying anybody here, so you, you, you're fine, I think. Now, the only way that that's going to come out is if he or she decides that they want to get up and go, well, no, I did You know, now if they do that, then you're exposing yourself. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So let's not have to hit dog or holler syndrome. Look, if you got up and left, just admit it. You know, my bad. That's (laughs) that's all you can really say at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. It wasn't.
2: It wasn't personal. I understand why he made the decisions that he did. We ended up not getting along, and having personal heat for years after that. Okay. But have since buried the hatchet and moved on.
0: Alright, well, so there you go. Happy ending. That buried the hatchet, moved on. We 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 live and let live, and bygones be bygones. Water under bridge. The whole the whole nine yards. Yeah. Okay, so so that there, there is a uh, a positive ending in, in, in that regard. So but but the moral the the, the takeaway from that story is Jesse's eye for talent uh, came across you and and she reached out and, and doing so helped further your entering career. Yeah. Okay, so so again, I us to say bravo to to uh, Jesse Bell Smothers, who these days, you know, she still does work the independence, but we'd also see her on Access TV as as Jesse Jones, I guess an offshoot incarnation of Jesse Bell Smothers. So, you know. Got gotta give her the big thumbs up. Yeah. So so I'm gonna assume because of her she kinda of got you very well travelled.
2: Yeah, we. Tra- I traveled. I started traveling. We were probably traveling two days a week, occasionally three days a week for the first year and a half, and then it tapered down. And uh, I was offered a couple of opportunities that I had to take. Or, well, I didn't have to take. That I chose to take. That ended up busting on me. And I stopped traveling for about a year. And I only stayed in, like, one small region in East Tennessee. And then I had some personal issues. And decided to come back in 2000. And in January of 2017. And... Picked shows here and there and started valeting again. And then 2018, 2019, I was like, I want... I didn't start wrestling to be a valet, to be a manager. I don't like managing. Um, I want to wrestle again. So in 2018, I started essentially from scratch all over again.
0: Really? So so you, you basically... Well, a year and I guess from your scratch point, year and a half in. Yeah. Okay, so so what what made you feel like you you just gave a run through? But why do you feel like you're starting from scratch? Did you did you go and and retrain, or or you or do you mean you started from scratch in terms of reestablishing Saradox?
2: It was a big reestablishment. Um, I. No longer had, like, a hometown promotion. Okay. Um, I didn't have, like, a regular opponent because, you know, everybody else was still moving while I was dealing with personal issues. And I had gone through a big, (laughs) big sounds funny when I say it this way, a big body change. I had probably gained 75 pounds in a year. And was struggling very hard with depression and when I started balleting again I started working out again and moving out of like trying to deal with my depression instead of just letting it rule me and so it wasn't until probably I want to say May or June of 2018 that I started losing weight and re establishing
0: who i was okay so now for anybody that's looking through i guess videos they probably wouldn't know it because last time i saw you live i certainly wouldn't have uh, even remotely thought that you gained 70 pounds uh so you look great bravo um last footage available again fans go through the channel if you want to pick out the specific video that would be episode 68 would have been this triple threat that was the uh, the last time that I got to witness Doc's work live and uh, you can see this, the end result uh, of her of her uh, body transformation you know bringing her, bringing herself back into fighting form so to speak uh, yeah. But no, no I, I I guess there's no reason for me to have noted, but no, I would have never imagined that you had gone through the amount of things that you did. Now, I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to pry and ask what, what personal issues were, but I will ask you this, um, in the separation, you know, I, I know you didn't use those words, but the separation from traveling with, with Jesse Bell for the opportunity that you were looking to take was, was there a specific reason that that did not go through uh, was it pie in the sky somebody making promises that they couldn't keep or you know something along those lines um, I was uh, so
2: I don't mind talking about my personal issues uh, my grandmother at the time was diagnosed with lung cancer for the third time Mm-hmm. and was very sick and in Baltimore, so I was having to travel a lot to see her.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and uh, this might sound funny, but my grandmother is the person who got me into wrestling. She was an avid fan, never missed a local show, never missed a TV show. She was one of those crazy old ladies screaming in the crowd, uh, foul thing at people. <laughs> <laughs> As my grandmother's from Baltimore and very rowdy, mm-hmm.
1: um,
2: and I got offered, I got told that if I traveled less and accepted certain bookings, that I was guaranteed certain things, and those things, I I traveled less. I never got those opportunities. Mm. Okay. So after being let down from that part of wrestling, after I, I felt very silly because I felt that I had been tricked, mm-hmm. and then uh, very shortly after that, my grandmother had had beaten lung cancer, mm-hmm. and then within a matter of months uh, had a heart attack and passed. Oh. So I felt very bitter towards wrestling for a little while
0: oh okay um,
2: and uh, I feel like I said it in the beginning my mom was very young when she had me so my grandmother did a lot of raising me mm-hmm. so it was a, it was a very heavy blow and I let and the anger and depression and like I said I've always been a little too ruckus for my own good mm-hmm. so I let that all get the better of me and I just I was a very angry person for a little while, a very sad person. And, it, like I said, it took my kids, you know, being like, why do you act like you hate this when we know you loved it, to bring me out of it.
0: Hmm. So so your kids were direct, not just responsible for you getting back into wrestling, but they basically brought you out of a personal funk.
2: Oh, yeah. They, my children have saved my life. That's I firmly
0: believe that. All right. Uh, that's not something I expected to hear, but uh, that's <laughs> that's high praise. I mean, there, there's no other really way to say it. Yeah, they're kind of the best. They're,
2: they're, I don't want to put them over too much. They're okay.
0: <laughs> well, well, you did call them traitors earlier, so I think it levels out.
2: Yeah, okay. There we go. it's even
0: still. So. That makes you feel any better. So, there, there you have it. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume, if we take the introduction of, of Saradox, what did you say, in uh, 2014, and we uh, go through the different phases, the hiatus, the return, uh, and we bring you up to date now, 2019, that this is part of the reason for the, the various outfits, incarnations, looks that you have or or was this uh, intentional from the get-go to let me just always have something different?
2: Um, when I first came back, uh, I had not lost all of the weight, so I had had new gear made and I was trying out something different. okay And uh, it didn't fit like it I mean it physically fit, but it wasn't me. Okay. And it wasn't until very recently when I was on a show and they were like, Hey, we're gonna put you in this hardcore scramble and you're gonna wrestle five dudes. (laughs) And there's there's gotta be like pans and blood and all kinds of crazy shit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh man, I pay money for my stuff. I don't want to ruin Like, I'm going to wear, like, something that can get ruined. I'm going to wear something comfortable, something fun. This is going to be wild. Like, let's get wild. And I put on some shorts that I actually just owned. And my best friend and tag team partner's uh, T-shirt. And I was like, and my kick pads. And I wear toe shoes to work out in. So I wore toe shoes. And I was like, man, why haven't I been doing this this entire time? Like, huh? I'm better. I feel better. This <laughs> just makes sense. Like, this is actually who I am, is this weird, lazy person. Like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, completely through happenstance, you found your, your look.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, now bear in mind, I think when when I saw you originally, it was a... Red and black outfit I believe
2: yeah
0: and then
2: butcher long sleeves deep v
0: there you go yeah lots and, of man. cleavage <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and you know and in, in all fairness for that crowd that probably was what they wanted anyway I think yeah. Yeah, that, that match took place in in a nightclub and you know they 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 attracted a the certain crowd to begin with so and that probably worked well there. Uh, maybe the only thing that worked against you is that they probably were more familiar with uh, Jesse Bell than than you were at the time. You're basically being introduced to the, the Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment crowd. Uh, of course, the second or, or the next time I believe I saw was lime green and, and kind of like a spiky bra or something along those lines. It yeah. seemed, seemed like a little bit of an offshoot of the of the previous thing, just a little bit, of a, you know, color change with the and the hair and the and the gimmicks and all that good stuff. Uh, don't know. Yeah, I think this. Then we jumped to now. <laughs> I think that. Yeah, I think that was it. I was trying to yeah. see if there was anything else in between that, but no, I believe those those are the ones. I believe.
2: Um, I I still. Feel- Wear both of those outfits occasionally. There's still things that are like very sentimental to me, and they I I enjoy them a great deal because they're different parts of Sarah. But I've definitely transitioned away from boots. Um, I wore boots for a long time, and I found myself I don't know it was a lot it was harder to be a good fighter for me in boots. So now I do a lot more stuff, in, in toe shoes or on the occasion, barefoot. It's
0: barefoot? you wrestle barefoot?
2: I have, yeah.
0: Oh, come on. Is that, that can't be comfortable. <laughs> is it, is it hey, really?
2: Well, here's the thing. So this all started, because I was going to the gym, losing all this weight, and uh, someone I used to valet was working out with me, and I was like, I can't, these shoes are killing me. And I took off my shoes in the middle of the gym, and I could deadlift like eighty more pounds. And he was like, you know, that's not uncommon. He was like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh did all of his weightlifting barefoot because some people need that center gravity in the the middle of their foot to properly move. I'm very flat footed. Shoes all have arches. They were uncomfortable. I have very fat feet as well. So it always felt constraining and like it was harder for me to move. And uh, those toe shoes, barefoot, it all feels like me.
0: Okay. Alright, well, fair enough. I, I, you know, I I, just, I, I guess I never really think about it in terms of comfort. When I, Whenever I've seen somebody come out uh, working barefoot, I'm not my Almost my immediate thought is the ankles or the soles of the feet. It's like that cannot, that cannot be comfortable. You know, so my mind immediately zones in on that. But, I, you know, having you explain it that way, I guess that that does uh, lead a little bit of a, a reason as to why you would. So it is all good, man. Anyhow, yeah. <laughs> so on on to the next thing. So we're gonna we going to uh, we will not get anybody out there listening excited about your feet because we don't we don't want to start <laughs> dragging that up. Yeah, that that might be a you know a conversation for a different day. Uh, I. I'm going to ask anybody out there in the, in the uh, business that inspire or push you forward. Uh, you've already mentioned Jessica Bell. So I'm going to assume that she's on that list. Anybody else that you really kind of like this person, whether I've talked to them personally or not, gives me the, the oof to move forward.
2: Um, There've been a lot of people who've pushed me and, Helped me move forward. And I'm always asking for advice. I always want to be better. Um, In the beginning of my career, uh, Jesse was super helpful. And at the time, also, uh, Mickey Knuckles was, like, she was someone I had idolized for a long time. Mm -hmm. And they always say, don't meet your heroes. And Mickey was, like, living proof that that was wrong. She was so good to me and so helpful and always honest. And so was Shane Andrews and Nick Taylor. They always, they were always pushing me to be more, to be better. They were never like, Oh, that was good. Cool. Yeah. We'll move on to the next show. They were like, no, here's what you did wrong. Let's get in the ring and we'll show you how to fix it. We want you to be you. They wanted me to be satisfied. So they were super great. And when I first came back to wrestling, I was really nervous because I hadn't – I'd gained all this weight. I hadn't wrestled in a long time. And Nicole Stratton was like, come meet me and we'll knock some of the ring rust off. And we were in the ring for five minutes and she went, I don't know why you're scared because I've wrestled 20 women in the last year that weren't as good as you. (laughs) And I was like, well – that's all I needed, I guess, was you know someone to tell me I was still okay. <laughs> and just then a couple months after up. that, yeah, yeah, I just needed that praise. So, a couple months after that, I go to the show. Uh, my once again, my best friend and tag partner gets me booked on called Metal in the Mountains. and we are meeting other people to pick them up to take them to the show, and I meet. Brad Cash and Nina Monet for the first time, and they were super fun and super inspirational and you know I hadn't been traveling much at that point. I'd just barely been coming back. I'd probably only had two or three matches back, and they were like, "No, kill it, this is what you should do this is this is a thing,
0: okay." So, so you uh, have found inspiration, or maybe not inspiration, but motivation. That's better. Motivation from various uh, persons that you've kind of crossed paths with. I'm assuming particularly in, in the route back because of maybe a little bit of lack of confidence. As, as you just said, you hadn't done it for a while. You, you probably felt a little bit unsure you know, following the weight gain and whatnot. But they, they basically gave you the uh, reassurance that you are still you. Yeah. You didn't lose nothing.
2: I, I, if anything, I, I feel like since I've come back, I've actually become much more comfortable and an even better wrestler. Because I was so unsure in the beginning
0: well now knowing that what are, what's the goals that we have uh, laid out in, in in front of us here
2: I mean I always say that I don't necessarily have goals but I have wrestling I have a wrestling bucket list like there are people I want to wrestle there are things I want to do um there are you know pipe dream matches and then there are people who live down the street that I I want to work again, and I'm perpetually pushing to make it happen. Um, Nicole Stratton and I had one match that was a tag match, and it was her and Lenny Stratton versus me and Jeff Conley when I was still part of Chaos. And we got lined up for a feud, and it fell through. And we were begging for the opportunity in multiple places to get a singles match. And she got pregnant.
0: Okay. Now, now, just for the benefit of those that are listening right now, when you say Nicole Stratton, are we talking about Nicole Payne.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Nicole Payne, Nicole Stratton. Uh, on Facebook, I believe it's Darian Nicole Stratton.
0: Uh, yeah. They've gone. She's gone by a, a couple of names. Yeah. Okay. Now, and, and I just, you know, just for the sake of uh, anybody that was. Might have been confused. Like I had a you know good idea who you were talking about, but <clears throat> I know there's a significant chunk of people that probably only know her as Nicole Payne. So I just just wanted to clarify, you know, Miss Hardcore <laughs> or however you choose yeah,
1: to, yeah. to
0: to put her. Now, speaking of which, uh, the the whole hardcore thing. I mean, clearly you're not scared of it. I mean, you know, you, you're not worried about. Doing, doing a hardcore match did, did you have to be convinced Into this Or it's just like Oh it's no big deal Well I mean I grew
2: up a kid Watching the Attitude Era I loved ECW As a kid Like that's what I thought Wrestling was Was all hardcore
0: Oh man oh, Like okay.
2: <laughs> I grew up thinking Wrestling was like You know I'm gonna run I, I mean I always joke and say That Half of my character Half of who Sarah Dox is it's pretty much stuff that I pretended to be when I was a kid playing Sandman and beating up my little brothers.
0: Oh, all right. So, uh,
2: my best friend is a hardcore wrestler. My fiancé was a deathmatch wrestler. Hardcore wrestling in general is something that I love. And I don't, I don't want to say that I want to do it. I don't want to be pigeonholed and be like, oh, that's all Sarah does. Because it's not... Um, but it's not something like there are definitely things on that bucket list that I intend on doing that, you know, fall under the realm.
0: Okay, so so you don't want to be pigeonholed as being classified as Saradox as a hardcore wrestler, but you won't shy away from it. Fair exactly. Okay, yeah. so let 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 me paint this picture for, you, then we'll go back to the 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 bucket list thing. Uh, ideally speaking. You could have, let's say, you and Nicole Payne work three matches. You have your first two somewhat regular matches, and then as a blow-off, if you go into the, the hardcore deal, would that be more comparable to what you're looking for? Like, give it to me when, it's, when there's some oomph behind it. Yeah. All right. That's,
2: so, that's definitely it.
0: So you promoters out there, don't just toss her into a death match just for the sake of doing it. Give us some story. Let's it get it, let let's get a build behind it. Make it mean something. I, yeah, I love a good story.
2: I mean, I trained at NWA Smoky Mountain. I spent a year on the road with Jesse Bell Smothers. I love like a classic Southern wrestling story. Like I love the drama of it. But at the end of the day... I'm still willing to finish that feud doing something dumb. <laughs> well,
0: well, you know, we should probably rein in how far you talk about doing something dumb because, I mean, it's wrestling, and that's that leaves a lot of room for error. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, come on. It, ECW is something, but even ECW... Uh, didn't go as far as certain death matches have gone since then.
2: Oh, yeah. I have witnessed, uh, I've been essentially uh, the medic to, like I said, my best friend and my fiance doing death match tournaments. Um, Some of my favorite people I've ever met in wrestling are, are death matchy guys. And there's definitely, a, like, there's a hard line in the sand of things. I, there's just
0: shit I won't do. <laughs> well, I was getting to that. I was like, okay, is there a point where it's like, okay, dude, that's too far?
2: Um, I am petrified in, like, real-life hardcore uh, fear of fire. I don't like fire. I don't want to be caught on fire. I dye my hair once a week. There's no chance anything on fire is touching me
0: okay that's fair enough now you and you know oddly enough and probably because i've I've seen it in i guess fairly controlled environments, I've never felt fear for for the wrestlers in terms of fire the, the one thing that really made me wince was the book of the salt spot. I don't know if you've seen that yeah, yeah. that that bothers me I like that too. Like, for, um, for, for whatever reason that bothers me like let's slam you first on the barbed wire and razor wire or glass light tubes, make sure your back is nice and open, and let's dump this bucket of salt on
2: it. I was like, I you know. Know what, What's <laughs> weird is that one doesn't bother me. I have, I am perpetually yelling at all of the hardcore and deathmatch wrestlers I know over one thing, and it's like one of the most common things in the world. Um, I don't ever want to see a chair mm-hmm. swinging down at my head uh, ever. Uh, I have kids Chairs are made of metal, mm-hmm. and if I have no way to defend my head, there's a real chance of concussions. And I had, I, I had suffered concussions before wrestling. I have no intention of suffering anymore. I always want to know who my children are. Um, if you, oh, I actually Nicole and I were talking about this one day. If you brought me a ladder, I'd climb it and do something dumb. I had no problem agreeing to the to a barbed wire match. Uh, light tubes aren't scary to me. Um, thumbtacks don't scare me. Uh, sharp, sharp shit doesn't bother me. <laughs> okay. I don't want fire. I don't want to forget who
0: I am. Well, well, I hope not. I mean, uh, I will say now if I'm a booker and I, I'm listening to this podcast, I'm already writing out my story right now, but <laughs> I mean, look, it. it it's easy for me now i'll get to that later on but you know that that part was like oh yeah if i know i got two ladies that's willing willing to do it now for me of course now i, I do have parameters i was like okay look you, certain things that let's again let's not bring in the book of salt <laughs> so I don't, let's not do that I know, I know you're not afraid of it but you know let's let's not go quite there but other than you know, other than that I'm sure there's some other little nitpicks and, and things that you can do just to kinda of wow the crowd. And it's gotta mean something for me. It's like I, I I've seen the match that should have been a blow off match and it was like the I guess the first one in there for you. It's like where do you go from here? When it's when you start off with the last woman standard. Yeah, yeah. That's just me. That's the, that's that's my old man vibe. Anyway, let's go back to the bucket list. <laughs> Okay, back to so, the bucket list. Back to the bucket list. So um, you, got, you got people and you got things. But so so there's not necessarily goals. You, you're not putting in front of, hey, I got to wrestle for Impact or MLW or AEW or WWE. You're not putting that in front of yourself. However, you have certain people, places, and things of that nature that you would like to do. Can you share some of those?
2: Um, I... I mean, there are always dream matches. Uh, a lot of the people I started, uh, like, the business thinking, oh, this is the pinnacle, like, this is who I want to wrestle. A lot of those people aren't wrestling anymore, or they're wrestling seldom, and it's definitely a pipe dream. Um, I'm not saying, like, I would love to wrestle for anywhere that would have me, and be it a big-name place or a small-name place. I have always wanted to wrestle, and I've always wanted to have, I want to have one match in England. I want to, uh, I'd like to do a couple of things that I think are fun with hardcore wrestling. Um, like I said, I'd like to go back once, uh, and I've been teasing Darian as or teasing Nicole Payne as it gets closer to the time when she's going to have this baby. It should be any day now that uh, I'm giving her a month. Yes. No, no. <laughs> she's still you know, in there.
0: For, for whatever yeah. reason, I, I, I guess I just assumed that it already happened. I was like, oh, okay.
2: No, I've been trying to get her to, like, jump around, and it's not not happening.
0: so <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that uh, the uh, the old wives' tale thing will work there. I just, just, no, jump around. That'd, apparently that'd not. <laughs>
2: um, but I keep teasing her and telling her she's got a month after the baby's born. Oh, <laughs> she got a man. month before we're, we're messing shit up. Um, I have recently had the opportunity to wrestle, as you saw, Brooklyn Creed. Mm. And I had a blast with Brooklyn. I'd love to wrestle her more. Uh, Brittany Love was also a fantastic opponent, and I can't wait to see more opportunities with her or with Crystal Rose.
0: Okay, um, y'all should be tagging that fight each other.
2: <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I had a really fun match just the other day uh, against um a guy where I got to. Shove a hot dog in his face after pretending we were gonna eat it like Lady and the Tramp,
0: mm.
2: and like I didn't realize that was on my bucket list until it happened. So not all of them I even know.
0: <laughs> until you do it, yeah. That's fair enough. I didn't. I didn't know I needed this into my life until I got it. That that type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Again, fair enough. Fair enough. I I, I, I could buy that. So perhaps. Again, for those promoters, and I know a few of them, you know, tune in to this every so often, every once in a while. But those promoters out there that are looking for another talent, you might be the one to provide her that next thing that she was not even aware of, a bucket list. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to put something on your bucket me list a weird right idea. now. You are. I'm going to put something on your bucket list right now. Okay. A concession stand brawl. I
2: would love it.
0: You, um, Crystal Rose, versus I don't know Nicole Payne, partner of her, her of her picket.
2: That would be excellent. I, I find find me somewhere to have this happen. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> av- advertisers, if you send me enough money, I will book that match. <laughs> I will make sure that that match happens. Once I had the money to do it. And actually, I was uh, I, I contacting Nicole before she got, I think shortly before she got pregnant. Was, uh, APCW, quick plug for them, Robert Gibson School here in uh, uh, Douglasville, just outside of Atlanta, <coughs> had kind of stopped doing women's wrestling and I was trying to break, help bring that back around, so I was I was gauging talent at that particular time, and I think yeah i think the next time that i contest, like oh, i'm out of it right now i'm breaking it's like oh man okay yeah <laughs> so yes but there you go that that is that is on the i'm gonna just officially place that on uh Dox's bucket list concession stand brawl so i can go and beat each other with uh, all sorts of uh kitchen instruments and food yeah lots of food. Which is a uh, which is uh, my little homage to some Memphis wrestling there, Jerry Lawler and his boys.
2: Yeah, I I can get behind that. Um, for me, it's also kind of and this is a silly homage, but as a kid, I was a big China fan. I in my head, I was going to grow up and be like six foot two. Oh
1: man, super Jack. Oh, <laughs> and
2: like the that infamous good housekeeping match, like I'd gladly pie someone in the face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's, yeah, at least in that, I guess it, it would be fun for you to pie somebody in the face. But it, I, I guess that there was a there was a story leading into that, so that that worked. I just yeah. envisioned y'all having a, a you know you having a tag team match, and it just goes so far, and all control is lost, and the brawl just takes you right over there to concession
2: yeah that um funny fact the first time Nicole and I ever sat down and we were like in the ring and we're wrestling and wrestling we both stand up at one point in time and we're looking around and uh she's like man are you hungry and I was like I would kill for some Georgia gold from KFC we just left and went and ate like Forty dollars in KFC. Like we just pigged out.
0: So y'all ate forty dollars worth of food.
2: Oh my you have no idea. Like every time we see each other.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, if you're gonna do that then you better have a match.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like
0: You gotta work all that off. I don't know. You know, maybe that's a sign. Maybe I should be looking at KFC as a sponsor. Hey. Yeah,
2: that's what it is. Uh, Georgia Gold sponsors uh, KFC Brawl.
0: oh uh, uh, see, now you're thinking. Look at that. The KFC Brawl.
2: I'd do it. It'd be great. Now, <laughs> you could. They do that buffet on the
0: weekends. Well, you know here. The, what you can do. The, <laughs> you tear that place apart. <laughs> you tear it apart. They won't be able to eat there. <laughs> and, and you know what's going to be worse? Somebody listening to this is going to take that out there, and it's going to be a KFC brawl next week.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I'll be really sad that it isn't if it isn't me, but I do want to see it now.
0: Like I... <laughs> KFC brawl. Then you could just go out, that was my idea. I said that. Yes, I, I wanted that first. <laughs> yes, I know. Yes. How many beer festivals have you attended? Random question there.
2: Um, I've actually only ever attended one beer festival. It was a really small one in downtown Johnson City. Um, But I have attended beer crawls before that were part of big festivals.
0: Ah. Uh-huh. Beer crawls.
2: Yeah, beer crawls are more uh, my style than I would say a festival is. Like, I like the idea of a festival, but they're usually during the day, and it's hot outside. Mm. And, like, I'm not, I don't want to be outside in the heat. I might have lived the last, you know, 14 years in the South, but I'm still not accustomed to the climate entirely. (laughs) So, beer crawls, when it's nighttime, I mean... I'm all about that. I've probably gone to two
0: dozen beer crawls in my life. Well, well, see, there you go. At World's End, for those that want to see it take place on a movie. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think that was the right name, At World's End. At the World's End. Of those.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Look it up. I know I'm close on the title, if not right on the money. Anyhow... I'm Your final
2: sure. probably
0: autocorrect Just Google it. There, there you go. There you go. One of those, Simon Pegg, if you want to just look at his filmography. I know it's him. Okay, Simon Pegg. Yeah. yeah. So, so we got uh, Sarah Docks of the Beer Crawl. The only reason I asked that question ahead of the, the random question section because I believe I saw a picture of you uh, professing some sort of love for one of the beers. i like, okay, she's probably been to a beer festival at least once, and she's doing that. Yeah. Um, so they yeah. they there we have it now. I think, what was it? Paps, you professing your love yeah, for Paps, yeah, yeah,
2: I'm not. I'm a PBR junkie. Um, there's nothing to, better to me than like a good cheap beer. Like it, it's the best thing. It's super refreshing. It's super relaxing.
0: It goes <laughs> a good with cheap most
2: food. Beer.
0: <laughs> why, why why a good cheap one? Not not, not a good expensive I mean, beer.
2: No, because I'm gonna drink more than one, and I don't want to like why why spend eighty dollars when I could spend twenty.
0: Well, well, that's true. Now, you know that logic usually applies when you're talking about liquor. So I guess it, it works for beer too. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, you. I said I you guess know, that's I said, all, all dependent on what your purpose is for buying the beer and or liquor. Uh,
2: getting more. Ratchet, essentially, than I already. Am.
0: <laughs> well, if that's your goal, then no, you don't. You don't want to spend a a ton of money on that. <laughs> I'm sure you could buy a bottom shelf and you'll be fine.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've also, I don't get me wrong, I've tried good beer. I've been to breweries, mm-hmm. um, and I don't see. I don't know. I'm maybe I'm just a weirdo. I'm. I've paid fifteen dollars for a glass of beer before and been disappointed. PBR well, never lets me down. It's always the same. It's always good.
0: No, look, I, like I said, I, I understand that 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 logic has been applied at least in my lifetime for for liquor because you know, and I, not to go off into my little world at the, when I was drinking a little bit more heavily. But anyway, the the point being is if the if your goal is to walk someplace and be drunk. <laughs> necessarily then it doesn't matter which version of this you get you, you can either pay the extra 50 bucks for the effect or you can do it for 20. You, you'd make the call
1: yeah
0: so there you have it and that's a lesson for you kids out there don't drink or drive let me let, let me put that disclaimer in since we're since no we're doing alcohol here don't want, don't want to do that uber it.
2: Never in my I'm, yeah i was gonna say there's uber there's lyft I call a friend. Uh, I'm a real big advocate for no drinking and driving.
0: Yes. It's, if you're going to drink, just walk around. Well, maybe not that, because mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy got in trouble for it, so I don't know. <laughs> Which is unfortunate, really, but I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, lots of people have gotten in trouble for walking around having had too many to drink.
0: Well, that's true. I, but, I'm not you know.
2: one of those people.
0: You gotta be drawing a lot of attention to yourself at that point. Yeah,
2: yeah, I feel like.
0: You know, you, you gotta be there's different categories yes, I know fans, we're we're off the rails here with this conversation, just bear with me. <laughs> you, know, you gotta be a di- you know, there's different levels of drunk. You gotta be like a loud, belligerent drunk to to kinda of get that kind of attention at that point.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't <laughs> so, think I think that drinking, uh
2: happens in phases, like when you're young you're allowed belligerent drunk. But as you age, if you go out and you like say you have one too many, you're not that same twenty one year old kid. Well you know, I am hope is,
0: not. his first year.
2: Yeah, you you know, this isn't your first time. You should have learned to, you know, manage your shit. Like
0: <laughs> you should have. Now unfortunately, there are some of those out there that just don't seem to do that. So, you know, Fair. so just, just, just watch it for those for those that don't know how to manage it. Just, you know, kind of steer away from them and just move on. Just make sure they don't ruin your night. That I guess that's the best way to do it. Anyhow, yeah. <laughs> here's something we must talk about, because I I, I, I think I and the DMs addressed it. And I said you don't have to get into who, but you're pretty sure you know who I'm talking about that you recently had a match with someone that was relatively untrained. Does, does, yeah. that, does that ring a bell? Okay, you got it. All right, so. It does. Uh, that is, in my view, that comes off as a pretty uncomfortable situation to be in. As a worker. Like, because, that, you know, I, I, I've said it to somebody, somebody else. So I was like, it feels to me... Like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Because on the one hand, you're booked, you're there.
2: Yeah, one way or another, I'm here.
0: <laughs> so, so you have that, and and you may not even know this person's untrained until you get there. And if you not that you're there, your uh, your options are somewhat limited. I can go out here and try to pull the best match out of them that I can, knowing that if I do that. I become the resume for this person to go and get the next match. Because, you know, that's just how it works. On the other hand, I can cut them off and, like, we're not doing any of this. And the people aren't going to get the match that they should have gotten out of me because the person I'm in the ring with can't do shit. Yeah. There's very...
2: And I want to clarify this first. Mm-hmm. There's a very big difference between being untrained and being inexperienced. Okay, clarify. Like okay. we all, yeah, Open we all started. We all started out having to have one, our first match. Okay. Everyone started out being there, and whether or not you like it or how it started, everyone had their first match. Everyone had an opportunity, and every opportunity that happens after that is subsequently because someone gave you a chance. Okay. So I'm always a big proponent of giving an inexperienced person a chance. All right. But for me, when I go to walk into a ring, mm. my number one goal above put on a good match, above sell gimmicks, above, you know, all the bullshit is go home healthy. All right. I don't. I I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to die. Untrained is scary because that's a that's a real side effect that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not go into the match knowing the person was untrained. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was. I was told after.
0: Really. Yes. Okay.
2: Um. So, we're, you know, trying to do stuff, and there are things that are misfiring, that aren't happening. Uh, and, yes. And uh, it's it's real off-putting. You know, you're expecting that, you know... You ask someone how tall they can jump, they say two feet, and they jump two inches. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it fucks you for a second. You're like, ah... Did I not understand what feet were? Why like, did I did I mess up here or did you?
1: Okay. So
2: for me, once you see those kinds of those kinds of ticks, those kinds of scary things mm-hmm. it's about it's about being safe. It's about figuring out how do I get through this match uninjured. How do I make it to the next match? How do I make it home? Um I, I want to put on the best show that I can every show. I want to make the promoter happy. I want to make the fans happy or I want to really piss them off. I want to have fun, you know, no matter what. Mm. But moments like that really put things in perspective for you. Um, I wasn't pleased afterwards, needless to say.
0: I, I did hear that.
2: Uh <laughs> man, I got three kids I got a, I got a fiance. I want to make it to my wedding. Like I'm not trying to die in this ring today. you know you gotta if I say, "Hey, can you jump two feet and you tell me yes and you make it two inches, there's a real chance that there was a reason I was asking you if you could do that. Yeah, So when you don't perform, and it threatens both of us. I, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, uh, if, there honest, if, if there had been honesty from the get-go, if, if someone had come up to me and been like, hey, I'm untrained, I wouldn't have been cool. I wouldn't have been comfortable. I wouldn't have been happy. But there could have been a way to work around it, I feel.
0: Okay. I don't believe this individual will ad, admit that necessarily to themselves. If that makes sense.
2: I mean, what they do in their, in their personal life or how they feel about where they are in wrestling, that's not up to me. Mm. Um, but I also... Know where I stand now. Does okay. that make sense? Yes. So,
0: so, so you will not go into that situation, situation blind. Anywho. Yeah,
2: exactly. As long as I'm not thrown into a situation blind, I like I said, I'm an optimist. Man, I'm not. I'm not hard to get along with. I'm pretty relaxed. Like, I might, I might act crazy and be off putting to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But once you you get me. Like, once you know me, I, I'm the easiest person in the world to work with.
0: Okay, so so the takeaway from that being, if you know a, ahead of time, not the best situation, but if I have to work around it, I can work around it.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm confident enough to say, <laughs> say that very questioningly. I'm confident enough to say that. I could not die if I knew ahead of time.
1: <laughs> if
2: I'm thrown into the situation blind mm-hmm. and I figure it out, I'm going to lose my temper. I'm, How I'm did you get figure it out? It's um, a pretty specific moment.
0: Uh, Okay, okay. well, let's. uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's let's reel that back and and let me let me try it this way. You were not told going into it; you found out afterwards.
2: Yeah, I I figured it out. Separate participant confirmed
0: after. Okay, you were concerned about it after. Another participant tells you, or. Person in question admits to it. Person in question admits to it. You ask specific questions to obtain this information.
2: Uh, in fact, yes.
0: Ah, okay. Hmm. That is really wild, man. <laughs> I anyway <laughs> So yeah, for that reason alone I asked because I do know that there have been other individuals that were vehemently upset about that. And oh, other yeah. and other scenarios like just hot. So so yes. uh, uh, There's
2: actually been um a a comment that I will have to I'll tell you the exact comment not on the podcast. <laughs> it was it was a pretty solid moment. Like, I actually couldn't... It took me from, like, insanely want to fight angry to, like, hysterical, insane person laughter.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. So, it, it was a real weird situation.
0: Oh. All right. That That is uh, interesting. That's, so, uh, again, needlessly say, I'm pretty sure that... Um, <laughs> You probably would not be agreeing to do that any longer. No, no. Uh, okay. Well, that, that's that's good. Um, have you seen the match? <laughs> I'm not yes. going to pick out. You, you have? What, 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 was, yeah. was it as bad as you recall? Because I did show it, and I, I know that, that some other people, I'll put it that way. Maybe it, it wasn't. Maybe in their head it was a little bit more blown. It was like, well, okay, it wasn't great, but it was—it wasn't as bad as I remember. It.
2: That was exactly my thoughts. Is I watched it, ready to be mortified. Like okay. I was like, oh man, this is taped. This is <laughs> me having had like good matches surrounding it. I was like, man, this one's taped, and like half of the other ones aren't. <laughs> you know, I wrestled. No. I wrestled like a good match in an armory where there was no cameras, like last week. But this is the one. And instead, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, man, there were moments that it actually wasn't as beautiful.
0: Well, well, you there, know were, there were
2: definitely salvageable moments.
0: I, I will I will also give myself a pat on the back for that one because I'm good at what I do.
2: Yeah. Thank you
0: <laughs> <laughs> for
2: making me look better than I am. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I'm sure you you can go back and look at it, and like you know, it, it, it's uh it's it's on the cut, so yes. certain certain things you'll know when when you see it. <laughs> I'm sure. So yes, I you know I, I listen. If you ever see me at ringside on any match, I am never going to upload a match that I that I am uh, uncomfortable with in terms of like oh this is just a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I, you know, I, I try to. If, if there's anything that's that bad, I'm like, I'm going to doctor it as much. And doctor's not the wrong. Like, I, like, you can't make a terrible match great, but I'm going to take out as much of the, mistime, misstep as possible, tighten it up, and make it look as as presentable as the people in the ring want it to be. Yeah. So there we have it.
2: It's it's appreciated.
0: You're welcome. So we have we've gone through a, a, a big chunk of, of your wrestling life and we haven't even got to your to the random question ports. I did give you one or two random questions in there, but it is officially time for random questions. In your case, Geek Edition. Yep. So Saradox, are you ready? I am. Are you a comic book fan?
2: I'm a huge comic book fan.
0: Which was, you know, pretty, Uh, you know, easy question given your tattoo.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
0: Why the Captain America tattoo?
2: Um, Steve was like the like the first big love of my life and I know that sounds silly to fall in love with a comic book character (laughs) but when I was a kid I got picked on a lot Mm -hmm. and uh, I wasn't always (sighs) I was always the the kid getting kicked down Mm -hmm. so for me he was a character that always got up and uh, the older I got the more I found that I wanted to be like Steve and I said I'm like it was misguided childhood affection, but that I wanted to be him because Captain America is like this constant beacon of hope and defiance and like who we should aim to be. He's not just a peak physically for mankind, but like mentally and emotionally, he's, he's exactly the reason I tried to stay so positive.
0: Okay. Well, that, that, the that tattoo was, act- Go ahead.
2: The tattoo actually says um, it's part, well, it says part of a Captain America quote. And it says, uh, "It says, I believe in an idea. but so the quote is, I believe in an idea, the idea that one man can win a war. And hmm. I, I think that that's kind of like
0: been very metaphorical for everything i try to do in my life well that that is fascinating the uh and and you make a good point for the for those comic book lovers that's out there they, they probably will will get that that you said he was more than just the physical peak of of, of being a human being as identified in one of the comics he you know, we'll go into comic book lore here for a second. I forget how many different Captain Americas there's been. There's probably been about four or five oh, of them at this point. But uh, one of them, in particular, uh, admitted to us like, "Look, there's nobody else that could do this justice, but you, because <laughs> nobody else has the moral fiber, if you will." So
2: yeah, he's. I mean, how many other superheroes in comics have punched Hitler? <laughs> or uh, before he was a superhero, he dove on a grenade for people when he was Steve Rogers. When he passes the mantle down because he can no longer be Captain America, he passes it on to a protege that's African American, and that's that's a huge moment. I mean, in the '70s, he had an African American female partner. So yeah. Not he surpasses his ideals surpass race. They surpass gender, like.
0: You love Captain America. You love Steve Rogers. I do. I love
2: Steve Rogers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Captain America issue three fifty is the issue for those in question that want to know what I'm talking about. That's that's from back in the day, the Captain versus the uh, new Captain America. So if you want to see the differences between uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers, the moral fiber man, or Captain America, somebody that they just stuck into a suit you can read it and that is one of the uh, it's one of the issues I always I would point to somebody if it is uh, defining who Captain America is or Steve Rogers is it's must must read issue we'll, we'll say that yeah so there you go that probably didn't sound as uh, clear as, as I wanted to but you get the idea it's a, it's a a must read issue there you go have you ever attended Marvel Live?
2: I have not always wanted what? to never gotten the opportunity yeah wow I know that I know that sounds crazy um just never never happened
0: man I thought you would have I, I was pretty much banking on that I thought you would have gone to it I've been twice now granted it been like other, years apart uh, I've
2: tried I've planned and they've always it's fallen through a couple of times
0: oh I'm sorry yeah last time i had, I took my son to uh Alabama we went to, we went to birmingham to go check it out And I would say if you get the opportunity to go, then you should go. You probably need to just for the sake of saying I've been.
2: Yeah. That's kind of at this point where I'm at is like I've I've gone to so many conventions
1: for years
2: that it's almost sad to say that I haven't.
0: (laughs) Well, you need to to look that up. And Unfortunately, I know that they, they take so long to root back around, so. Anyway, just as a side note, I'm assuming you've already seen Avengers Endgame. I would hope so at this point. Yes. Okay, so you must have been in tears at the end of that movie.
2: Oh, I'm always... I know this sounds weird. I, I, as it has been often pointed out to me, um, this is a fun paradox fact. I cry over everything. Like, I Rick Flair cry openly <laughs> in broad daylight um, on, at the drop of a hat. Like, if there's a puppy that's nearby and it's too cute, I'll probably cry over it. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh,
0: okay. So,
2: I wept, I wept the entire way through the movie.
0: Like, the whole movie. You didn't even wait to the climax to do that?
2: I mean... No, no, no. Uh, I will say, though, that one of my favorite Captain America moments in, like, all of comic book history is him and Sharon are... Uh, Sharon Carter are arguing at one point, and she looks at him and she says, "Damn it, Steve, put down the shield." She's begging him not to go out. It is uh, during Civil War, but it's in one of not the main editions. Uh, she says, "Damn it, Steve, put down the shield and be a man instead of a monument. Stay here with me. You've given them everything." And in and, 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 and Civil War, he doesn't. He goes out and he gives a speech. And, you know, if you've read Civil War, then you uh, know how that goes. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it, and, you know, it, that was one of those comic book moments. I was like, all right, that's, that's sad. But I'm sure he they'll never leave him alone too long. I was like, I'll give it a year. And sure enough. Uh, <laughs> I know. I
2: I opened what's in the
0: store. Um, you oh, come on. You, you, you had to know he was coming back. Spoiler, kids. Was coming
2: back, but was it, It's stuff. the most... I was almost sad that they were. I knew that they were going to bring him back because he did exactly what he'd always intended on doing. He died for his cause.
0: No, well, yeah.
2: So that was a beautiful thing, and in the same on the on the totally reverse side, in Endgame, he you know he got to be the man instead of the monument,
0: and that he was did. just
2: as beautiful to me.
0: I, I just assumed, you know, as I'm talking to you. Your, your love for Captain America, the and anybody that hasn't seen it at this point, I am sorry, okay? Look, I'm I, you should have seen it by now, okay? You should have.
1: So if you, you sure don't, so don't want to hear
0: it, you should probably skip ahead by two or three minutes, possibly. So you've been warned. Anyhow, I just envisioned, as I'm sitting here talking to you, the running line from Captain America First Avenger to now, or the running statement physically with him, is that he takes a beating, but he would get back up, as you just said. I can do so, this all day. There you go. I could do this all day. Thor's down. Iron Man's down. It's him and Thanos. This man is about to fight an impossible fight. But he gets back up. Yeah. They show. I mean, the, the visual of the on the screen. Daniels is giving his, you know, big bad man speech. I got an entire army behind me, and this dude is struggling to get back up to his feet, so he can stand and fight again. I envision you just losing it right at that moment. Oh man, it was so,
2: it was super emotional. I'm like super ugly, weeping uh, loudly, like sniffling. <laughs> My kids are just glaring at me. Uh, Brad is just. Also, like, he's laughing. Like, (laughs) they're all watching me ugly cry at Captain America. But for me, it's it's once again, like, (laughs) uh, one of his big motivational speeches to the Howling Commandos was if you're not ready to die here today for your cause, know that your enemy is. Mm. So, Cap has always been ready to die for the cause, and he's always believed and had faith and that's what makes him strong and he just watched a god get knocked down and he watched a man in a giant robot suit that you know outclasses him at many turns get knocked down he's just a man but Thanos is willing to die there today so why wouldn't he be
0: yeah very good now you know uh i'm sure for anybody that's out there right now, if you're looking to, to uh, uh send fan gifts to Saradox, you know what you must do now. Something yeah, Captain America related. <laughs> which, by the way, and I haven't gotten to the other questions because we're stuck on this Captain America thing, but, but, but which, by the way, I'm going to guess when they had the the big turn that turned the, the, that flipped the world upside down about Captain America that you probably lost your mind and was angry with Marvel Comics for how could they do such things blasphemy that they would do that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, in fact. Yes, because they did a little homage to that in the movie as well. Although it was yeah, cool it was, in the movie.
2: Fanta- the homage was
0: fantastic. Yeah, the homage was great. That, that, it was it was wonderful in, in the movie because it, it made it make sense yeah now as far as the comic books are concerned <laughs> how did you feel there
2: um there's a moment where i was like really irrationally angry and thought about burning stuff
1: oh and ooh, whoa
2: <sighs> so captain america has a lot of personal sentiment to me hmm. i am uh third generation immigrant on my mom's father's side. Mm. I grew up in a city. Um, So taking all of that and just smashing it and being like the thing I was taught as a child was the worst thing in the world. It it, it was rough for me because outside of Captain America, most of the superheroes I like are very dark characters. Okay. And I think that there's a reason that audiences everywhere like Captain America more than they like Superman. And it's because Cap is relatable in a way that Superman isn't. So when they take, when they took a relatable character like that and then made him, you know, literally, I might be being a little, I don't think I'm being melodramatic. The worst thing in the world. (laughs) Like the shittiest thing you can be. Like it, it made me mad.
0: So, I, I I knew it would. I mean, just just now hearing this love for Captain America, I was like, "There's no way that you read that and you were happy."
2: No, no, I, I don't. I read the first issue and I never
0: read another one of that storyline of that arc. I refuse. So, did you did you not think that? Hey, okay, they they just got. Get this out the system. The is going somewhere. I mean, you look, because I, 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 that was one of my first thoughts. I was like, okay, there's no way that they're going to let that stand. First off, people are going to flip out, which they did. And I was like, they, they, they are going to rope this around some kind of way to something made him do it, which they basically did anyway. So that, none of that affected you in the least. You just like, nope, don't like it.
2: Nope. Didn't like it. I wasn't going to read it. Um, You can... They could... It it didn't matter what any writer said to me. If a writer had come up to me personally and been like, listen, this is part of a greater story arc where we're going to... He's going to actually be the good guy in the long run and this thing's going to happen. And society needed to see him as a bad guy because of this. I'd be like, get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) The quote... um, Judge Judy uh, here. Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining.
0: All right. Well, <laughs> we, we now know the extent of which how, how Captain America has uh, affected you. I feel
2: very passionately about pop culture things that aren't real to other people. Uh, they're very um, real to me. <laughs>
0: uh, no, listen. You, you, I think most comic book fans would agree, which is why I never am surprised that a lot of comic book fans uh, transition into wrestling or something like that. You have to, at least for the time that you're reading it and or by taking a sit down in the seat, the best thing that you can do to enjoy that is just to kind of, look, let me just watch it. I know that this person does not physically exist or whatever the case may be, but Within the time that I'm either flipping the pages or watching the show, just let me enjoy that. Yeah,
2: I, I, think I there's I believe, a similarity
0: there.
2: Yeah, I believe in that. Like you should empathize with the character you're watching, and you should suspend disbelief in order to truly enjoy something.
0: There you go. See, so we, we can uh, we can go with that. So we, we will uh, we'll. Leave Captain America. I, I won't torture you with, with any more of that stuff. You know, you, you've, you've managed to get past it. So there, so okay. there we have it. We'll, we'll, we'll find you some uh, some good issues of, of Captain America to, to read a little bit later. You probably read, read them all anyway, except for that. Oh. <laughs>
2: yeah, with the exception of that arcade yeah, problem, I've read a lot of Captain America.
0: Uh, best televised superhero show on today.
2: Okay, so I'm really torn, and I, okay. I I think about I think about like I watch a lot of superhero TV. It's pretty much the only TV I watch, actually. Right. Um, I have characters that I fell in love with in comics, and I'm seeing them now on TV. And there are characters I like. There are scripts I like, and then there are seasons of shows that I like. I was in love with the Marvel Netflix shows in the first season. Of all of their shows.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I actively despised the second season of Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Really? Okay.
1: Um,
2: and I, I'm a big Jessica Jones, Luke Cage fan. Like, I have a, a Power Man and Iron Fist collection that would astonish most people. Mm-hmm. I also was... I was real into Cloak and Dagger. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um. I liked The Runaways. Okay. I thought it stayed pretty true to the comic. It was very entertaining. I was a big Black Lightning fan. Um, and I liked some characters from The Gifted. But I think it's more so because when I talk about characters I love in Marvel, it pretty much goes Captain America and then Magneto's like my second favorite. So I really liked getting to see Polaris. I really liked... Um, I loved uh the visualization of Blink like that's always entertaining. She's super cool to watch, but I didn't think the show was as well crafted okay um I enjoyed <laughs> there are lots of them I like the only ones i I really didn't enjoy was I was not a green arrow fan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well uh, well, uh, that's not surprising at least not to the midway season point because I couldn't get in the green arrow I, and, and largely because it. I know that was like the litmus test for the DC television universe it took a little while before the let's say the superpowered threats kind of start showing up on Arrow <clears throat> once Flash got introduced that kind of changed the dynamic of all of that but I will say this yeah, one the DC televised. You know, they the television version of it is far better in terms of appeasing fans than the cinematic.
2: I I know that the televised version is far better at appeasing fans. My biggest problem with and I like the cat I love the casting on Green Arrow, Flash, Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow. I think that they did a fantastic job I think that whoever is writing that show would be the worst booker on the planet. They're like, oh man, here's your big bad guy after three seasons of waiting to meet a big bad guy. Here they are. You defeat them in three seconds on this next episode.
1: <laughs>
2: it's the most dissatisfying end every time.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, well, well, there lies the difference between that and, and what you had in the Marvel Cinematic Universe which is why, I, you know, I've talked about this. We've we've kind of morphed over into like a uh, movie review and comic book review at this point. But uh, (laughs) which is why Endgame worked as well as it did, at least in my view. I mean, he he had a 10-year build up until this point. And and when you got to him, he certainly did not go down easy. It took everything under the sun to beat this guy. Oh, yeah. It, It took a
2: lot. I still, uh, and I've argued this point with a few people, I would still like to maintain, though, that in Endgame, I firmly believe if they had been uninterrupted, that Scarlet Witch would have finished the job.
0: I think that, uh, yeah, Scarlet, oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. She was a she 2 finished finish there because she was about to crush them.
2: Hey, <laughs> yeah, he's not. gone. Her, like.
0: <laughs> but, but you notice the only people that really got a good shine on them were the women.
2: I mean, they weren't. Um, in reality, though, if you look at, like, how Marvel is written right now, mm. and, and even in the past, like, and, I, and I've said it a million times, Scarlet Witch is secretly the, like, strongest and weakest character in the Marvel Universe. She has the most infinite level of power, like, on a scale of Earth-based heroes. Yeah. But she has no control
0: over herself. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much a haphazard, <laughs> random event. So, yeah,
2: chaos magic at its
0: worst. <laughs> but now, the, here, here's the nerd part of us, folks. Yeah. So, <laughs> I might have to cut <laughs> this out just for comic book readers in general. But uh, I noticed a lot of those characters were kind of rewritten and re- reworked, especially from their infancy or the their point of origin. Uh, example. Scarlet Witch, Invisible Woman, Jean Grey, all of them were essentially there to be the female of the team and, you know, you gotta give them something to do, but they didn't really present in its original format as strong. You fast forward several years and they've essentially become the strongest per team. Yeah. I think
2: it, I mean... It's it's really and this becomes like a societal conversation which is and i don't i don't want to be like uh it's because comic book writers were you know sexist i don't think it's that i think that comic book writers at the time frame were like oh man this doesn't appeal to little girls they didn't realize that there was going to be a market in the 60s and 70s no one was guessing that there was going to be a market to girls until wonder woman hit such success Hmm. Like Linda Carter really changed the way people viewed females in comic books and that was on a TV show, the live action Wonder Woman show.
0: Yeah? Yes, that that is true. It it, it got a a larger market. It didn't re, ability it didn't rehabilitate Wonder Woman to the masses yet though. And that, that's a whole different issue. I talked about that yeah. with with other people. That is the one defining fault that DC Comics has had is that their televised versions somehow ruined those characters for decades. Man, they're, they're
2: entertaining, though. Like, go back and watch Adam West Batman and not enjoy yourself.
0: Yeah, yes.
2: yes. you can enjoy that.
0: Listen, I, I have that on the... I got, like, the, the box set of the Batman. I, I love that <laughs> show. But the truth of the matter is, is that this is for me, because I, I, you know, I got a couple of years on you, but for, <laughs> when I came up, Batman was not perceived as a badass. He just wasn't, because the now the comic book readers knew differently, but for the general public, they did not look at that guy as a badass, because the only way that they recognized him was through that TV show, and then the only other platform that they had was, like, Super Friends. And so when you take okay. those things into account, they're like... This guy's a, a, a loser, but then you have the Batman movie by Tim Burton, and he redefines Batman. And from that point on, he became like the end all be all badass of DC Comics. Wonder Woman and Aquaman have basically gone through the same thing. They just—they're just now getting to the point where rehabilitation is is available.
2: Yeah, I. I... I can agree to that. I have a lot of weird. Okay, so I'm about to make you sad. I'm not the biggest Batman fan. I love Batman's
0: villain. Mm, No, you're not making me sad about it. I mean, I'm just, you know, that was just my definition of Batman. But go ahead.
2: Yeah. But Batman was, I mean, they were detective comics. Batman was made to solve mysteries. It wasn't until even slightly later in his publications. When he started being like a crazy person who threw people out of helicopters. Like, Batman didn't start off hardcore. Like, it it was an evolution for him as a character. And it made him a more sellable character when they realized, oh man, not only is his superpower that he's smart, but that smartness has made him cynical.
0: (laughs) Uh According to my former coworker, he he uh, he's had his theory of Batman's superpowers convincing the world that he has no superpowers.
2: <laughs>
0: that that he's he's like, there's no way that he could do the things that he's doing, and so stand up against Thanos, putting him through a wall, and and not have several broken bones, if not dead. It's like that dude's superpower, some kind of way. But I don't know. He's
2: a his uh, his superpower
0: is that he does the, this is not the droid you're looking for. There you go. <laughs> That's right. The Jedi mind trick. You know, I have completely jumped way off the wagon with, with my <laughs> questions. I'm going to get back on it right now. <laughs> okay. Name me a movie that you're embarrassed to say that you actually like and why.
2: Um... Yes, you know this is going to sound weird. I I'm not embarrassed by anything that I like. I'm a weird person. I spent years of my life being, like I said, being picked on and being the weirdo. So not much embarrasses me anymore.
0: Like, well, let's re- let's <laughs> redefine the question then. The best worst movie that you can think of.
2: Oh man, the best worst movie. Yes. Um, I'm a fanatic for like. 80s horror at its lowest budget. Oh gosh! Um, I am a trauma fanatic. Like I have heckled wow. Lloyd Kaufman in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the movie Chopping Mall. It's amazing. If you haven't seen it, please do that.
0: There's no chopping in Chopping Mall. Yeah. <laughs> <I> like that. <laughs> that's, that's it's. it's go off.
2: watch Bullies. Chubby Bob has
0: robots in it. it was, uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
2: yeah. All okay. of that kind of stuff, um poultry guys? That's another one.
0: Wow. All right. These these are all terrible movies. But <laughs> oh no, they
2: they're the best.
0: But, but <laughs> terribly entertaining as well, I guess. Yeah. That's, oh wow! That 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 is quite the lineup that you've uh, given there. <laughs> Shopping mall. That was, was incredibly ridiculous <laughs> and such false advertising.
2: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> not April Fool's Day. That's not that's not included in there.
2: Oh yeah, like um. There was that. Oh, what was that? There was that one, and then there was the one about the holidays. That was like a weird horror movie about different holidays. If you haven't seen that, I, I want to was... say it was just called Holidays, and it had like one of those Thanksgiving baskets on it, but it had like a hand coming out of it.
0: No, I didn't. I, I don't. I don't know that one. I, I haven't seen. At least, no, I can't recall. <laughs> I now mean, I'm going
2: to have to, after this, I'm going to have to, like, Google it and tell you, because it's going to bug me so much.
0: Well, send it <laughs> to me. I mean, so I, I just, my favorite B movie is, like, Prom Night 2, Return to Mary Lou, just because it's ridiculous. But... <laughs> um,
2: I saw the first screening ever of Return to Newcomb High 2, and that was, like, a big, as a big peak in my life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to star in a horror movie eventually, aren't you?
2: Oh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, it, it's the cool... I don't even want... Like, I want to star in a bad
0: horror movie. Oh, my goodness. We, we, we need to get in contact with Lloyd Kaufman and I'll sign you up. So, so, you, so you can immediately scream and then take the knife to the skull and like, oh,
2: my God! Oh, uh, yeah, exactly.
0: You know, of course, as you follow the horror movie tropes, you know, it's, Sarah and boyfriend sneak off away from the group, against the wishes of every other person in in the in the building.
2: Wander, yeah, off into
0: the, the, wander off into the most deserted dank portion of the house for whatever reason, and then dismemberment.
2: Yeah, or like some kind of ooze, or
0: you know. Oh my god. You just you want you don't even want a slasher. You want like a monster.
2: <laughs> I love. I think those are my favorite. Like, is it, it ranges really heavy in between me loving like slasher in a weird sci-fi sense or just full-blown monster movies? I love stuff like that.
0: You are not going to get this kind of in-depth look into the mind of Saradox anywhere else, folks. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> Comics, movies, horror movies. B level crap. <laughs> so yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we have gone into it all. I mean and I and I think we've even peaked the seed or planted the seed of her possibly being a scream queen at some point. So perhaps we can yeah. you know write write a movie where she turns into a zombie or something like that. Yeah, make me creepy. Oh boy. You are hired by Warner Brothers. We're going to move. Yeah. How about Wonder Brothers to fix the DC cinematic universe? How do you do it?
2: I think, okay. The world right now at large has been shitting on DC films very
0: heavily. Yes, they have.
2: I don't hate them the way the rest of the world does,
0: which is weird. Cause
2: I'm, I'm a Marvel girl, like through and through. I actually thought wonder woman was fantastic
0: think um, no, the, sing- the I singular movies are great. I don't, I don't think they've gotten any heat for Wonder Woman or Aquaman or, you know, uh, Man of Steel for that matter. It's I, you know, before you go, I, I think the, the problem is is Marvel has set the bar so high, that it's like, come on, DC, do the same thing, and the pressure's on. Yeah, I was
2: gonna say, I think what DC needs to do is pull itself out of the pressure cooker. Take all of the pressure off. They can't make ten years worth of cinematic gold into okay. Uh, their their best chance, in my opinion, of like blowing the next movie entirely out of the water. They've already set up. I think that if you want to fix the problems you have in the movie world today, you need to go back in time. And the Flashpoint Paradox is like the the classic story of this is what it could have been and rewriting everything and showing people like, Oh, you thought you wanted these things. No, we're going to shove these things down your throat and you're going to hate them. (laughs) And you're going to want Barry or Wally or whoever the, I I forget it's Barry in this one, right?
0: Uh, I think so. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're going to want Barry to go back to what we gave you in the first place.
0: okay so so your your uh, your fix for that is remove the pressure of them having to fight this fight of creating this cinematic universe yeah do it yeah do not not rush it which is what they've been doing
2: yeah yeah it's the problem is it's been rushed and i also I'm, and i get a lot of, everybody gives me hate for this what's that i don't i don't want to see another batman movie And it's not because I don't like Batman. It's because there's been like 40 fucking Batman movies. (laughs) Like, DC, and don't even do another Superman movie for that, for the same exact reason. We've had like 20 Superman movies. Yeah. The, the, The Justice League is like one of the largest lineups of superheroes that are insanely overpowered and super enjoyable. Where's my actual Martian Manhunter movie? Where is, like... <laughs> uh, Swamp Thing got that TV show, but his movie was awful, and I love Bad Things from the 80s.
0: Oh, are, are you talking about that? Ooh, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, that's rough. Like DC has, like, one of the coolest... Line- do, do Justice like Dark. Give me real Constantine. Like... British chain smoker who's taunting Satan, like...
0: Hmm. Well, th- that, those things would be interesting they, if they could find it in themselves to do it. I do believe, I, I agree with the uh, statement you said that DC has just kind of... Well, they, they're doing or did with, with two other studios all thought was going to be the end all. I was Like, let's make our own cinematic universe and we'll do it tomorrow. You know, not taking into account that it took, like, eight years for Marvel to get up to the, the, the first segment of that. Well, I mean, not eight. Maybe, maybe it took five for the first phase or whatever the case may be. But it took them time. Yeah. It, it wasn't It wasn't yeah. tomorrow. They, they, they had to build up to that. Now, again, I think the televised version of that, because they've all been on for who knows how long at this point the, the televised version of that is doing great but they took my damn idea i was like <laughs> like you want some easter eggs i was like get some of these people that, that's that been doing that were the characters and put them in there in in meaningful cameos not just walking in the background like come on yeah how do you not have linda carter in a wonder woman movie
2: yeah what why wouldn't you have linda carter in a wonder woman movie like, wouldn't it be cooler if you know, in any moment where you had seen Ben F. like Batman, if one of Tim Burton's Batmans are like had been around doing anything?
0: Yes. I was like Michael Keaton. I was like, how do you how do you not have that? You just I brought up the Flashpoint paradox. To. It's like you, you could have ran Flash into the future, and he could have came up with, against. Not against, but met up with that Batman. It's like, that would have been a big Easter egg right there. It's like, oh man, that's Michael Keaton's Batman, or whatever the case may be. He could have gone to the. Yeah, I was like, I'm just saying, you know, you could use him as the MacGuffin to get there. That, that, that,
2: oh, yeah, you could flashpoint and have Michael Keaton be the Batman that is Bruce's father and not Bruce.
0: That, see, there you go. That's right, Thomas Wayne. Yep. You could have done all of that. They 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 had a perfectly good opening with Flash. Like that character alone made it possible. Yeah. Ah, oh, and they just lost it. Anyhow. Fantasy booking. I'm not sure if I should even ask about <laughs> fantasy booking now. You You've rewritten uh, some comic books and, and the cinematic universe from DC, so you, you, you've somewhat done some level of fantasy <laughs> booking as it is. Yeah, but,
2: I, I say fantasy booking everything.
0: <laughs> but 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 for the sake of wrestling, yeah, I, I will just try. I mean, I, I might have drained your creative juice at this point, but. uh my belief has always been that every wrestler has a angle or storyline that they could whip out at a moment's notice to the promoter. Like, hey, you know, give me something good that we can do. Uh, and I think that, that there's always a little something there in the back of the, their mind that they can, like, all right, this this is my story. This is how we get there. And three months later, boom, 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 this is, this is how it ends. So, Saradox, what is your fantasy booking?
2: Um, much like all of my comic book booking and my horror movie booking, it's super unrealistic. Like, it's very much so this elaborate story that would take, like, extreme amounts of work and time to put together. Mm -hmm. But in my head, like, the ultimate storyline, and as I said, I'm I'm a big ECW girl, is have those big ECW names that meant something that like mean a lot to us cult nerds out here doing what we do. Um have representation in the now that are feuding in the same ways they did then.
1: Okay. But
2: they'd be there for it. And like I said, my you know, I always pretend to be Sandman, so in in fantasy booking world like uh Sandman's like yeah man you can be the new Sandman and hands me a cigarette and a kendo stick and I go wreck stuff and like (laughs) I knew 8 million people who would kill to be you know Raven second to be essentially the new leader of the flock like I could pick out young Tommy dreamers in male and female form um uh I have specific, like, and even though he's passed, I have specific, like, Balls Mahoney's number twos, Jerry Lynn, Rob Van Dam. I want to see them all. I want to see them all have, like, essentially kind of a <laughs> Tekken meets EZW. Like, all of these guys pick their fighter to represent them, and these are their fighters.
0: Okay. Now, what's that rule in comics where they do gender swap? You know what I'm talking
2: uh-huh.
0: about? Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they actually had a number behind it. I know it was like rule. Yeah, yeah
2: I can't I remember something. the number. That's what I was trying to think of.
0: Um, see, now i got to look real quick. That's uh, yes, uh, gender swap. Yeah, see, so you hear typing back right there, people. Uh, <laughs> rule 63. Okay, so, so you basically yeah. apply the you could apply rule sixty three to a, a a second generation of of uh, ECW alumni, yeah not, I, not I necessarily, but you but you could That's...
2: yeah, I think I think if you did that, it, ECW was so much different in so many weird ways at the time. And now where there are more and more women all the time getting better and better and doing all these things that they didn't have the opportunities to do before, if there was essentially an ECW for women, that would be like the ultimate fantasy booking for me.
0: Okay. Promoter, get on that.
2: <laughs>
0: somebody somebody will take that on. Somebody will try it. I At hope so. Well, now the question is, you, you gotta, you gotta get yourself into it, wherever that happens to be. Yeah,
2: wherever it happens to be.
0: So I, I think you, Miss Saradox, have covered a lot of ground as far as uh, your, your, your beginnings, your, your motivations, your fandom. your Things you, you you like your fantasy bookings. I mean, did, did I miss anything? Did I did I did I get it all? Did I get it all? No, oh, man.
2: Yeah, I feel like we
0: covered
2: a lot. <laughs> we did a bunch.
0: <laughs> probably more than I. Well, I know for me is more than what I thought I was going to get out of that. But you, you clearly are, <laughs> a, are a huge, huge uh, fan in the, in the comic book world. I could. I probably could have done a whole entirely different podcast just based on comic books alone with you, Uh, (laughs) so Yeah, honestly. Comics and comics and comic-based movies. And I I may do that. I may have to assign some homework to uh, watch some horrible uh, uh, early 90s bad superhero movies and see how you take that. Don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) I thought that only applied for horror movies.
2: No, no, I love everything. Like I love everything tacky and <laughs> enjoyable.
0: Oh my gosh! Okay, well, I, I'll I'll continue that a little bit later on. But uh, so I know some of you out there like to hear these uh, tales of the creep stories. But if you're going to listen to that, you're going to have to go to the Facebook page to get that information off her because I'm about to ask her right now, but it's not going to be in this. So uh, for those that want to hear her creepy interactions with some weird fans, Uh, go over to facebook.com forward slash network, and you should be able to hear that wonderful story there, because I'm sure just based on her eloquent way of, of relating and illustrating her life, it will be entertaining nonetheless. Of course, you can always hear this podcast on, like I said at the beginning, Greater Podcast Locations, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, PlayerFM, ListenNotes.com, TuneIn, Pod, Paradise, iHeart, YouTube, CastBox, SmartTuner Radio, uh, just just a slew of places that you can get this podcast. And if not, you should let me know so I can uh, reach out to some other places like Spotify and whatnot so it can make it easier for you. There's always a way to get it. So I think uh, I might have covered all of my particular social media. Oh, and by the way, if you have not done it, Go and check out the live stream, WPNWrestling.com, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the wrestling all the time. And you may just tune in to an episode where Sarah Knox is on there. So that should be giving you motivation as is. Sarah, what is your social media so people can uh, find you?
2: Um, I have a Twitter, but I don't even know what my Twitter (laughs) handle is. I haven't been on it in so long, and I used to use it to troll people and just get blocked so don't oh, do that. Okay, uh, well, contact we'll me on Facebook. One. Yeah, I can be contacted on Facebook. I can be contacted on Instagram. They're both linked to my name. Um, I also have an email that is available for contact, and that's sailor scout sarah at yahoo dot com.
0: Oh my goodness! Oh, there, there we have it. And uh, please, I always have to put the disclaimer out. Let that be for business purposes only. You don't want to just start adding on to further tales of the creep. So, for myself and for Docks, this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long, everybody, and we will catch you on the next go-round. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.